0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report. Uh, As always, your host, Matt, MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Join over a thousand other folks just like you uh, who have joined in on the weekly email uh, where we talk about WordPress stuff, right? WordPress entrepreneurship, running a better WordPress business. How do we build a team? How do we find clients? How do we do all that fun stuff? Uh, So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for five-star reviews. Really, really appreciate it on iTunes. And those of you who are Matt Report Pro members, uh, thanks for supporting the show. I couldn't do this uh, without you. Uh, one of the very first uh, things I've been able to get uh, on the show uh, is a SoundCloud. Pro account, which allows me to upload uh, my audio to SoundCloud, which is uh, really helping uh, with the bandwidth here and helping uh, find a new audience out on SoundCloud. So if you are uh, listening on SoundCloud, thank you very much. If you don't know what SoundCloud is, check it out. It's a great app uh, and website where you can subscribe to the show uh, and comment on the tracks. It's really cool because you can kind of comment in line to the audio. Uh, I find it really uh, enjoyable. It's, a, it's sort of actually I'm using that more than I'm using Spotify, which which maybe I should start to cancel my Spotify account uh, because I don't uh, don't really use it as much as I use SoundCloud anymore. So, Marcus Couch, who is he? What does he do? He's a man, a myth, a legend uh, in the WordPress podcasting world. He's doing more podcasts than I, I think, and uh, his more popular two more popular podcasts, which is Industry Night, which airs on week. Uh, excuse me, uh, WP Tavern, uh, which is sort of like an informal chat with WordPress developers and designers. Uh, And then he has WordPress plugins A to Z where he's taking a look uh, in depth uh, at plugins, sort of like what we do over on Press This. But uh, he's been doing that for quite some time. He's got another podcast coming out, which is sort of just the the plugin uh, daily plugin review, which he's just picking, uh, you know, new plugins that are hitting the repository and just reviewing them. Uh, but I didn't invite Marcus on just to talk about WordPress podcasting, just because this is a WordPress podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk about his particular vertical, which is servicing franchises, franchisees, franchisers, uh, folks who are uh, starting a franchise. And that that's where he goes after. So it's definitely an interesting angle um, in how he services his clients and how he sets a minimum uh, of uh, what it's the cost uh, or the price to work with Marcus. So he's going to give us some tips and advice uh, on how to negotiate that uh, that minimum contract and 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 selling uh, sort of our time, but our 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 expertise at the same time. We're also going to dive into a really uh, good story about dealing with uh, the right teammates or. Partners, um, or even vendors, if if uh, you can actually use that this same lesson to trickle down to that. Uh, he's gonna he had a hard lesson that he shares with us. It gets really personal, so I thank thank Marcus for for sharing that with us. And uh, let me know in the comments of the blog post, uh, or shoot me an email, MattReportBlog at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about this. Let me know what you think about it, the podcast in general. If you're looking for something else uh, out of the podcast, you want me to find new guests, or you want me to take on new different uh, angles for wordpress let me know i'm happy to happy to do so for uh, my loving audience Uh, If you want to support the show, uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your WordPress colleagues, mattreport.com. Join the mailing list, mattreport.com slash subscribe, and mattreport.com slash join. You can join the membership and get all kinds of free uh, content uh, that I give out. Uh, Every month we do Friday lessons, uh, Friday uh, editions, which we're teaching uh, folks in the membership how to do certain things. It doesn't always focus around WordPress. It could be about invoicing contracts, that kind of thing. Uh, And every, uh, every month we're doing a special lesson from other WordPress uh, specialists uh, in the field. Uh, last month um, was uh, how to build a WordPress theme shop uh, with Carrie Dills and Tom McFarland. Prior to that, it was Chris Lemma, Pippin Williamson, and actually Tom McFarland, again, uh, talking about uh, finding clients, raising prices, that kind of thing. Uh, so lots of lessons, lots of great conversation going on uh, in the forums. So go ahead and check that out, matreport.com slash join. This conversation picks up uh, in the middle of a live show. So it doesn't start off with a typical introduction, but uh, what we will drop you in uh, right after the break here with Marcus Couch. Thanks, everybody. Uh, so for those just joining into the podcast, uh, you know, thanks for listening to mattreport.com, uh, the number one WordPress business podcast on the web. Uh, today, here with Marcus Couch, who is a podcasting uh, phenomenon, doing more shows than I am pretty amazing. Am I? The, the Simon Cowell. <laughs> I do We're the, pretty close. I, are you the Simon Cowell of WordPress podcasting? Is that you know, I'd like? love
1: to be the uh, I'd like to be like the first kind of known critic, you know, kind of like the uh, Siskel and Ebert sort of of, of, <laughs> of WordPress, you know, with a critical eye rather than a kind of a productive eye, so
0: to speak. Uh, and that's sort of what you do with one of your podcasts, Plugins A to Z. Mm-hmm. Um, you look, John you Overall, at, yeah. You look at them um, from uh, the critic's view and you, and you kind of play with them and install them, and try out what's good, what's, what's bad, um, mm-hmm. and then give your uh, expert opinion. You do another podcast, Industry Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, both actually air over on the tavern, if I am correct. Uh, the
1: first one does not.
0: Okay. Uh, WordPress Plugins A to Z, that's just
1: a strict independent thing that was started by John Overall. About a year before I actually jumped on board, it was a show that I really liked, and he had a different co-host at the time. And his co-host left, and uh, it was—it's an interesting story. Um, I had gone. This was—I don't know, maybe uh, it it was during the demise of WP Tavern when it was kind of idle. (laughs) The
0: demise. Love (laughs) it.
1: Love it. And uh, WordPress Weekly wasn't really even going on and and Jeff had said that he uh, was, you know, pretty much thinking about hanging it up. And I had gone to Jeff and said, hey, I'd love to be a co-host on the show with you. And he said, eh, that's really not the direction I want to go in. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And so a couple weeks later, this other opportunity opened up and it, it was great because it actually allowed me to kind of introduce myself to the WordPress community not on the main stage you know kinda of like the second stage so to speak and the weekly regimen of John and I really getting into the plugins and really kinda of going back and forth about them really has honed my skills as far as what I look for and in my first year was just kinda of reviewing plugins and then Year two on, it's always been me trying to kind of point out what a specific plugin can do for somebody that's making money out there. So I'll look at a plugin and go, hey, anybody out there that's in these specific niches, you should be paying attention to this because you can charge more as a specific add on, you know?
0: Hmm. Um. So there's a bunch of things that I, I want to talk about. Let's give mm-hmm. folks um, that were not part of the live session a bit of background of how you got started. So you mm-hmm. really early on, um, say 10 years ago, getting into uh, podcasting, and then you kind of found WordPress in the same uh, correct, yeah. in the same stride. Um, what was that like? You, early on you, you said Adam Curry uh, with podcasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that you found WordPress? Did you immediately marry the two podcasts plus WordPress, or was it, it took a while? It really did. It took a while because
1: it's it wasn't the WordPress that we all use today by any stretch. You know, there weren't all the cool uh, plugins that go along with it. it was, I mean, Kubrick was a blessing when it came out. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: there were some really bad themes, really bad ones out there. And I'm not proud of how my websites looked back then, but, you know, you can go in the Wayback Machine and take a look at them. um, Even today, you know, I've still got some clunkers out there as far as websites go that could use some theme updates. But, um, you know, it's it's really been great uh, from my evolution in podcasting because I had a music show, independent, hard rock, heavy metal music. And I never really got the interaction that I do now that I am in the WordPress community. That's a whole different game. So I really just kind of honed what it is that I do every day, which is when I get up, I check my email, and the very next thing that I do after all the responses is I go into the repository and take a look at all of the plugins mm-hmm. one by one, uh, look at all the screenshots, look at all of the different demos, and so that and that happened before I ever started podcasting. About plugins. So for me, it's kind of just like um, I'm still a DJ. I'm just, instead of spinning tunes, I'm talking about plugins.
0: So it's really interesting because you're coming from uh, an industry, an age old industry, right? Radio. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something just like print. I mean, um, print obviously around way before uh, radio, but it's that same kind of mindset, right? where you come from radio and people are like, oh, you know, podcasting, what's that? Or from the business st- standpoint, they might look at podcasting and say, that's not really gonna make us as much money as advertising on Clear Channel <laughs> or being this huge mm-hmm. conglomerate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even 10 years later after uh, you launch podcasting, you still find that some of your colleagues from the old days are still like struggling to get this stuff?
1: Yeah, I do and I see people that are new at it that haven't learned the lessons that some of us have learned. Uh, They're making the mistakes again and even though there are tons of resources out there um, anybody who wants to get into podcasting there's I mean schoolofpodcasting.com is an awesome resource that even I consult every now and again as far as different tools and tricks in podcasting. But I guess the biggest mistake that people make is they over plan things for episode one when they need to realize that it's episode twenty that really counts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um it's like that with I guess everything, right? Even their web even their websites. Like they're thinking, hey, brand new website, I'm plan, mm-hmm. plan, plan, yeah. tweak this pixel. Can you give me ten pixels over here? It's like yeah. come on, dude. We need to launch <laughs> so I'll give you an example. Uh
1: Industry Night, the podcast that's on WP Tavern that I just talk about one thing. Um, I did an interview with somebody in Skype and recorded it and didn't do it with any other intention than I was just going to write about this particular plugin and I'm like boy this really sounds good you know and I played it back and I then got up my sound effects toolkit and found an hour and a half long bar sound effect and I'm like hey let me play this together and I put it on there and I'm like wow this really sounds like you're sitting here listening to us talk and so, I pitched it to Jeff at w p. Tavern, and I said, "I'll get some artwork made for this, and we can actually make this a show where it's like somebody's just pulling up a chair and having a beer with us and sitting down and It was really kind of theater of the mind stuff that I liked playing around with, and it seemed to fit with the whole tavern vibe, so we went with it he liked it, so so we went with it so nice. that's a case where I didn't overthink a podcast; it was it just kind of came about in one day, really. It wasn't even, I had the content before I had the show, and that's probably the biggest tip. Yeah. Get the content before the show rather than get in the bucket and trying to fill it.
0: Right. The uh, So for one of the themes that I had for last year when I would go to WordCamps, um, it was really talking about, sort of all these different unique lessons that I've learned from mm-hmm. uh, guests on the Matt report. So I kind of turned that into my word camp presentation you know, and pull some of the highlights of the different experiences that folks have this year. I'm trying to focus on, um, you know, promoting what it's like to grow an audience and for your business, for your brand, uh, for pleasure, uh, whatever it might be. So mm-hmm. podcast, was the same podcasting for me was the same exact thing. Like I never thought, Of even labeling myself a podcaster at all, Uh, I just went into show number one, and the only preparation I've ever really, I really had was reading uh, uh, the podcasting one hundred and one from, of course now is uh, Ravencraft. Mm, Cliff. Cliff. I couldn't think Mm -hmm. of his first name. and just watching what other people were doing, like Andrew Warner of Mixer G, Jason Calacanis of This Week in Startups, Leo Lapore on mm-hmm. This Week in Tech, or the Twit Network. Yeah. And it's that, not that was hard, it. Is it? No. <laughs> and that was it's it. Not. <laughs> so so it, it is a little scary because every time I, I talk to folks like you and Dustin Hartzler and uh, um, John from Entrepreneur on Fire, all these other folks who've been doing it for so long, um, even Chris Brogan, because he start, didn't he start. Um, PodCamp, yes, as well. I don't think he even had a podcast at the
1: time, though. Right, like, he was just such an enthusiast and community yeah. activist.
0: Yeah, it's like um, so. You're always you're always like, you're nervous when you walk into the room. I mean, as far as you know, anybody who's out there is like, you know, what I want to do a podcast, or I I just want to turn on YouTube so I can do screencasts for folks, like folks who are using my plugin or folks who are mm-hmm. buying my themes, because even that comes with some kind of stress to turn the camera on or to turn the mic on because everybody hates the sound of the voice, right? Uh, it's true, but, you know, there are tons of videos out there that have a million views that are the worst equipment
1: you've ever seen in your life, right? And we've all sat there and watched the whole 12-minute clip <laughs> of it and not <laughs> yeah. said, oh, this guy really needs some good, he needs a, you know, DSLR this and this, you know? You really don't. It's... It's that kind of thing where it's like, uh, you know, the girl across the room. You just, just you don't need the special tie or all that stuff. Just get up and go over there and do it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, you know, it's with anything really. It's, it's getting from zero to one is the hardest part, right?
0: Do you think that in the world that we're living in now, at least this year with web marketing, um, mm-hmm. the way SEO is changing, the way people, the way Google and all these other outlets want you to create content, You're afraid that folks are going to be doing this very, uh, just very lackluster, and it's just going to get saturated, and any any way we can kind of avoid this? Well, it already has.
1: I mean, right after podcasting started, you started getting these text-to-speech kind of blog-reading podcast feeds that would make their way through, but it's natural selection. If you really want to go by... What's good, you go by the ratings and the charts on iTunes and Stitcher and um, how many subscriptions a particular channel has in YouTube, and and that's a good barometer on Mm -hmm. things.
0: Uh, For a guy who's been doing it for so long, how much do you hate iTunes? (laughs) And the fact that it's so closed and doesn't give us enough, this is more of a rant of my own, but Mm -hmm. uh, come on, like stats or download, I mean just give me the numbers, like why? Well, a lot of that has to do with RSS, too, because, you know, also um,
1: I can put your podcast enclosure in my feed, right? And that would add to your stats, but not necessarily mine. Uh, so you just have to kind of look at it from that angle. Mm. But ultimately, look, we we should all be using podcasts as a call to action in some form, whether that be to sign up to a newsletter, or in your your own case, to a membership site, or you know, participation in a community, or or any particular cause. Um, it's just one tool. It's not necessarily a crutch. It's it's just one tool. Mm.
0: You, we chatted before the cameras went on um, about the consult, the WordPress consulting that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, uh, it's a very unique one that I haven't really um, had anybody on the show talk about yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll let you, I'll let you define what it is that you do because you're going to do it better than I am. <laughs> uh, I, I do franchise optimization, which is
1: I work for. Uh, many large companies that have um, hundreds to up to a 1,000 locations throughout the country or throughout the world. So we optimize them not only from a main search engine optimization perspective, but also down to the local granular search level, uh, Google Places and Maps and things like that. And we also help to kind of evangelize the strategy from a social strategy from the from the top people all the way down to the individual franchisees, and we help them uh, to con- kind of conform to corporate message, corporate branding, without you know st- without going astray, but still maintaining local flavor and local specials and discounts and things like that.
0: Hmm. How does one find his or herself in that uh, in that role, um, <laughs> connecting with other franchises? Um, how did you find that well, way? Where in the beginning, were you just saying yes to every site, and then you realize, oh boy, <coughs> I didn't get vertical here.
1: Well, um, I, I was working with a client that was a large energy company. They were a propane company, the second largest in the world. And they had um, acquired 400 individual kind of mom-and-pop, I wouldn't say mom-and-pop, but medium-sized propane companies around the country, okay? Uh, Insert your King of the Hill jokes here because there (laughs) were plenty when we had this client. Um, But they absorbed about 400 different domains as well that went along with that. So uh, they used a SharePoint server of all things to kind of get them all aligned, but that was our biggest challenge to get Google Places entries done for all of those individual locations, um, to align all of the sites so that they kind of were aligned in one template, and really um, just maintaining from their old brand to the new kind of corporate ID and message that went through as far as the talking points. So I had one big client that I started out that way and I'm not sure of any other people, really, who have got that kind of experience, so I kind of wanted to replicate that with other larger, big companies that had similar situations.
0: Mm. How important was, when you made that, that first connection, uh, to, get them over, to get them to understand to use WordPress, that they come to you and say, we need WordPress? What was that conversation like? And, and is it still like that today, where these bigger outlets are just like, I don't care what the tech is, just get my results?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, in some instances, they just said, make me a page, right? So it was my choice as far as the platform goes. Um, other than that, there's really, I mean, it, it sometimes was a buy-in because they, mm-hmm. I had a client that would say, oh, well, I don't really want it to look bloggy. You mm-hmm. know, oh, that's just a blog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, let me show you a portfolio here. Let me show you a couple things. I i think you might change your tune on that.
0: Mm-hmm. So you quite often they did. So you never really um, you know sold them on the sizzle of WordPress like it's a content management system you've got a media section you can do posts and pages and we've got all these no. plugins that we can do no. no The one of the things that sometimes us as lovers of WordPress <laughs> people who mm-hmm. are just loving this stuff we get caught up in that, in that tech talk mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how do you stay away from that or is it, does it never really come up in the conversations that you're having most of the people that um, that I deal with are in the marketing
1: department rather than the tech department, so they care about leads, they care about uh, reputation monitoring they care about bad what uh, what their image is within mm. the community they don't necessarily care about the technical aspect of how it how it uh, comes to be to get them from point A to point b
0: mm. so you aren't going to go in and and I just want to frame what your typical pro- project looks like for somebody mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. The typical client coming to you, you're going to be dealing with marketing person in a marketing department. They're working for a business where yeah. they they've yet to even meet, you know, the VP of some lower rung <laughs> floor. Um, mm. Is it, Not is always. Not always. Uh, uh,
1: oftentimes, it's the VP of marketing. Okay. Oftentimes, it'll be the VP of marketing and the VP of business development. Oftentimes, I'm working directly with uh, this, you know, like the CFO or somebody like that. Got it. In the realm of uh, dealing with, you know, paid search or or those types of things. So it really varies. Um, but I'll, you know, my best clients are the ones that. I I never have to interact with because the reports are all automated and our project management system, you know, is more of a collaboration system than anything Mm. where they're included within the task flow.
0: Mm. Yeah, and sort of where um, some folks fall is they're coming to their clients coming to them and they're saying build us a website and it's Mm -hmm. and it's WordPress and the consultant. Um, some of the consultants listening to this are, are they're out there and they're okay, I need to get a theme, I need to get some plugins, I got to find the hosting, and, mm-hmm. they're, and they're just focused on building this WordPress solution. Whereas in your case, you might be going in and saying, okay, well, WordPress doesn't do reputation management, so what do we what what software are we using for that? WordPress right. doesn't do lead gen or does lead gen from sort of the technical aspect, but ultimately these bigger businesses are filter, filtering those leads into something else. Mm-hmm. um how many different things are you working with in each project at a time
1: depends um oh boy <laughs> it, it really depends there's sometimes it could be just down to landing pages and then it could be landing pages of every single city in the country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so you've got that spread yep um it could be just regional stuff it could be all of the state of California which is 432 different cities and municip- you know, municipalities and such yep. so it really depends and everyone has its own different scheme as far as plugins and designs and what I'm allowed to get away with and what I'm not and um, what can be uh, deemed as a responsive theme worthy and what shouldn't be and and the the gamut so and when you some of these guys you know you're as I said you're talking about 400 different sites so when you're when you're talking about changing something you better mean it and you better make sure you know what's what you're in for once you start doing
0: it yeah and that and that's sort of where I was um, going in my experience when dealing with some bigger clients there's like there's a, I don't know a good way to put it, there's like a zero tolerance factor, not in a bad way, but in more of like their systems and their processes, right? So mm-hmm. customer comes yeah. to us, they say, oh, we got this ERP system that integrates with our manufacturers, but our leads need to go from here to there. Well, and as soon as you go, well, they go, oh, WordPress doesn't do it? Okay, um, right. let's move on to the Sun Microsystems Solution or whatever's out there. Um, Do you find yourself running into those scenarios and how do you juggle that when those guys are like, we got the special software we pay a million dollars a year for, what is this WordPress thing?
1: Yeah. Um, I've had to integrate with Microsoft SharePoint servers too with WordPress. That's not an easy task. That took a couple programmers in about a month to make sure that it all fit right and that's dealing with tech people on their end too. Hmm. Wow! Didn't we just talk about a nice side business for somebody to get into the (laughs) conversion from A to B? Uh, And there is an there. I used to have a client that worked in EDI, uh, the electronic data interchange. Right? Walmart uses things like this to deal with vendors. It's like, what band aid do you put in that? goes from the Walmart system that orders something that then ties into your back-end system that can deal with your inventory management and make the order and the pick-pack slip and all of that. Right. So are there those things out there for WordPress now? Limited, right? We see them limited (laughs) in plugins. I mean we could barely get something to post to Facebook correctly right Right. now. Right. Um, You know there are some e-commerce plugins out there but do they work Entirely the way that they should, like big, you know, monster e-commerce platforms work. Not yet. Right.
0: Right. And you're and you're saying all the things that I I I wanted you to say because, um, yeah, this is like the conversation when when healthcare.gov launched. People are like, well, why don't they just build it in WordPress? Oh yeah, because it's <laughs> that easy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like yeah. you said, we're we're still struggling to get posts automated to Facebook and Google or whatever for our small marketing clients. Never mind that. <laughs> right. Um. So I, what I'm trying to do here is just say, look, WordPress is good, WordPress is pretty good, uh, but it doesn't solve everything. Um, and what I want the consultants to know that are out there listening is, one, either position yourself as the guy or gal who is going to make it do everything and charge a boatload of money <laughs> for these bigger clients, or you're going to steer clear from it and say, don't even get it in, don't even get it in your pipeline because it's going to be a nightmare and just say, look, we don't integrate with that. We can find another consultant to do that part, but this is, the, this is what we do really good. Build the site, design the yeah. site, launch the site, support you. Here's a good analogy for that, and
1: I use this quite often. Um, one of my friends gave me this story of, of being in a tribute band, right? You have to decide what you're going to play. You know, Okay, we're going to play... Uh, Van Halen and we're gonna play you know the Scorpions and then we're gonna play Stevie Ray Vaughan well okay well now you're getting into blues you're not really a rock band anymore right so kinda know what your set list is so to speak right you gotta kinda know what your specialties are of what you'll do and what you won't do and stick to them and you'll Mm. be a lot happier because I'll tell you what there have been many nights I've been completely miserable working on things that I have no business even getting involved in.
0: That's awesome. And, hey, how about that as the Matt Report Pro segment at the end of the show for you to answer how you uh, got your uh, set to play right, if that makes sense. (laughs) Uh, uh, And how you found that early on. Uh, For folks who are pro listeners, you will obviously have access to that in the forums. If you're not a Matt Report Pro member yet, uh, you can use promo code MATTPRO10 uh, to join For little money down and a little money a month to get uh, premium access to our guests, uh, learn from different uh, uh, special guests that we have on every month, and uh, get access to all the courses that are going on, including webinars and mastermind calls. um, slash join. That is the first inline ad read that I've done live. Nice. Totally off the cuff. I would have done that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Give So a um, copy. So uh, back, to our, uh, back to our hero. Um, <laughs> traversing the, that terrain of sort of this... See, I'm just interested in what the franchise client is like because in mm-hmm. the end, there's somebody out there like you or I who are buying into this franchise. Yeah. And then there's that trickle-down effect of you know the corporate... Uh, uh, stuff that kind of wraps around uh, you know, I'm, run, I'm running a subway and you know, I, I can't promote Coca-Cola or whatever product might not mm-hmm. be in there so mm-hmm. what is that like? Do you deal with the end, quote unquote, end user of a franchise or are you only dealing with the greater powers? The lowest level
1: in a franchise that we'll, well there are private ones where one owner owns everything, you know, one person or one corporation owns everything And then there are franchisee levels where there are district managers that control perhaps maybe 200 within a specific state or region. And that's ultimately where the end-level reports filter down to. Um, Some of the technology that I use, which is not WordPress-based, it's more, you know, application-side-based, actually monitors a lot of these uh, different, you know... uh, Yellow Pages type things, Yelp, Foursquare, Facebook, um, and it actually gives a score to the actual review. So if it hears the word, or if it reads the word, you know, sucks, terrible, bad, horrible, <laughs> awful, it actually assigns a negative connotative score to that. And if it's good, great, awesome, etc., then it gives a positive score for that. So we can tell who's evangelizing as far as um, anybody in the franchise level that works there that says, hey, give us a review, you know, if you like the service and things. And we tell them that. If somebody says, oh, you gave me such great service, tell, us, tell people on Yelp, you know, evangelize it, tell them. And so we can kind of keep that running score. And if there's a trend as far as people saying this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, then it ultimately makes its way down to the particular uh, district manager of that of those branches and then they report down to what's happening
0: Um, do you get let's say large larger franchise you get sort of the design directives from the marketing up in the corporate office and then do you ever have to go and then change individual stores by what the owner of that store says hmm does that ever get in
1: the way no and I don't handle any of the design okay at all uh, sometime, there are a couple clients that I do handle some of the design work, but for the major ones um, it's not necessarily that way. Um, there may be individual landing pages that we create with WordPress where I'll come up with a prototype and they may say, oh yeah, that's perfect, let's just run that. Uh, we'll use that, but otherwise uh, it's just kind of, a, in those instances it's more of a marketing thing than it is uh, anything else.
0: Mm. Uh, in terms of time frames and pressures <laughs> of being a mm-hmm. consultant what is any kind of story like an example local uh, you're building a website for a local person they say you know what i have this 20% off sale that i want to do you know this weekend and we need to get mm-hmm. it you know done for the newspaper ad that we're going to do what happens when it's like a national company um, wh- how how do you deal with those kinds of pressures has it ever happened has it not well uh, sure sure a, a lot of the nationals have print deadlines as well
1: and video deadlines that they also deal with, so they know that cycle. But then again, you've got your other people that say, look, we're expanding into this area. We need four websites up this weekend, you know, <laughs> in which case I've done it. I did it as recently as last week, and I'm still making revisions on these things. Mm. But uh, pressures, um, phew. I mean, the biggest pressure for a freelancer is—is is my check gonna get here by the first? Right, mm. I mean, the mailman coming. You know, that's hearing the mailman. That's that's my biggest pressure is making sure that those checks keep flowing.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I had a discussion with many many uh, entrepreneurs that have been on the show, and, and they say that once you get into the bigger the bigger checks or the bigger projects it's really just another zero at the end of the check. It's still coming with the same problems. <laughs> Whether their mom and yeah. pop who is like, oh, really, I really can't squeeze out that 1000 bucks to pay you versus a bigger firm is like, oh, yeah, that 10000 bucks, it's coming. It's coming as soon as it gets through bookkeeping and all that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I wonder. It's, it's a different model,
1: right? Because uh, I've seen guys that work on the small kind of piece model where it's like, hey, we'll just maintain your website for you for 50 a month or people like myself that handle the entire project as far as every online property that a company happens to own you know from the optimization of it to design changes to analysis and implementation of of new enhancements so you know there's there's always challenges in any kind of client or project I guess for the freelancer and the entrepreneur out there the best advice I could give is um, space out your payments. <laughs> make sure that not everything is due on one day from everybody that you work for. That's, that's maybe one thing that I could give that would maybe give you a little float room that doesn't make it so stressful all the time.
0: Yeah. The, um, we talked you know, in, in previous episodes, especially uh, Bill Erickson, who primarily builds out uh, Genesis-powered sites. Uh, he's a, he has a great way to do it because he has this process of building a site. So a site comes in, here's how we're putting the site together. It's the same every single time customer Mm -hmm. pays um, uh, 25% deposit and then 75% is due in 30 days and you have five days to pay this or the code doesn't get released. Um, But these are smaller projects. This is how we handle smaller projects. So it's easy to come up with like this system or easier (laughs) to come up Mm -hmm. with the system to kind of just batch process, batch process and and move through it. in your world of sort of SEO and building out these sites and kind of dealing with the entire digital package, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you have a set way of structuring your, your contracts every, or is it always just like this negotiation process that you find yourself in?
1: Generally I work on a retainer and it's based on the overall volume of work that I think it will take and how much if any outsourcing there is in general I don't do a whole heck of a lot and if it is it's just you know plug-in customization or CSS or something that I just don't have time to do Um, but my structure is basically um, I ask for full payment up front and that's pretty you know ballsy but I I can't risk it I've been in so many other projects where I get paid later down the road, or down you know with a twenty percent or fifteen percent deposit, and I put all this work into it, and then I never hear from the person or again, or it just then becomes revision city as far as you know how many revisions they think that they earned or paid for, and in those instances, I charge a an hourly rate I say, well, look we 're going to go through two rounds of revisions, and then everything else is you know three hundred an hour mm. and that tends to keep those down
0: yeah i mean I, I love. I love um, I love the negotiation process partly because I grew up in car sales, so I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like I'm kind of like used to that. Like somebody saying, "Well, how much is this?" and I say, "How much do you have to pay? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's your budget?" Yeah. Um, I'm not afraid to have those conversations. The, some folks are afraid to have that conversation. Um, I uh, I I do have to get better with um, negotiating the payment terms because that's a that's a little bit different. Um, on when to get paid, but I am like 90% there to say 100% up front. Yeah, and my terms
1: are, if I don't get paid by the fifth, you got a 20% fee that gets tacked on top of that.
0: Right, right. And and, and I'm just, every month I say say the same thing. I'm going to go back to my contract, I'm going to restructure it, get the lawyer involved again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) get him to go in and look at that because it's just not it's just simply not good business when you are doing work for free no you don't you have to go up to business a school a lot. you <laughs> give up a lot with your family I mean
1: I I can't tell you how bad I've been as far as a you know a husband and then and a you know the you know everything else sometimes because of the fact that I'm stuck here you know working when it could have been eliminated with just one simple line in a contract that I didn't mm. really think about.
0: Yeah. You know? Have you had anybody, And so the, so here, I'm going to ask this question. I think I kind yeah. of know the answer already, but I, I want to get your reaction. Have you had anybody say, full payment, jump off a bridge, sir, I'm not paying you until the project's done? And then how do you handle it? Sure. Uh, go call India. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Okay. Uh, I get people that go, Why should I pay you five grand a month when I can get 700 bucks from India? Yeah? Tell me how India understands the American consumer and the American marketing machine, because they don't. No offense to anybody from India, but unless you had it drilled in your skull since age six, <laughs> you're not going to get it. Right.
0: Not like we do. Right. And, and I totally agree. Um, you know, and, and it's funny, this uh, interview is a, little, is a little bit late today, happening a little late today because um, I had a client come in, a very good size pro- or a good sized project, um, but it's the same thing. It, it, they brought in uh, the ultimate decision maker and he's the owner uh, of the company mm. and dealing with the marketing department and they brought him in and it was, that, it was that same thing. Well, we think your price is way, or I think your price is way too high I think I can get this by buying a theme somewhere and outsourcing <laughs> the development. Mm-hmm. And I said, you are, you're, you're 100%. Any idiot can build a website. But it's when we are understanding your, your market, we are understanding who the, the person is that's buying your product, and all of this discovery and support and immediate access to us, that's the 80% of this project and training right. you and supporting you. It's, right. not, it's very little to do with about building the site by putting the code together and putting the theme. It's about working with your team, getting everything right and if you think you can do that through Elance, you know, hey, have fun, I'll see you in a couple months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and you know, there's this quote that I, I kind of preach to every client that I have and any, any of them that watch this are gonna be rolling their eyes, which is, Google doesn't buy anything, people do. And I think when people have more of an understanding of that, that even though I have a number one ranking, I might not convert because my website sucks. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You might understand that a little better. Yep. Um, I've got a client um, that's been with me now for three years and when he came to me two months in, he wanted to cancel and basically said, you know, I don't think it's working out, it's really not. And I said, look, you've got to give it a little bit more time. We planned on you know, from A to B to C to D and right now we're just getting to stage B. And I can say that he's still my client today because in that next 12 months, I made him $7 million on his website just by tweaking a bunch of things and getting the call to action a little different and helping to hone his product and figuring out based on analytics where he was getting his keyword searches and altering the content based on that and even coming up with new markets for him to to promote his product in in print and things mm. so you know it's it's you've always got to kind of handhold somebody as far as what the ultimate goal is supposed to be in the project and always remind them that this is the goal and they they're going to come to you and say, "Hey, we want to add this into the mix." I had somebody come to me and go, "Oh, we want to add live chat to the site no you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you you want to get leads to the site. Right. chat with them later you know right right. but uh, the, they want information they can find it by
0: filling out a lead form right you know? and and that's you know for the folks that are listen, that are listening, this is what I think we both want you to take away from this is if you're looking for to get more money out of your business, to get paid a little bit more, Uh, don't focus on selling just that website. You have to focus on that access that these folks have to you, of your knowledge, of your skill set. Heck, just picking up the phone, I mean, you can't do that with a GoDaddy, and if you did, you'll be throwing the phone out the window because <laughs> you're going to go nuts. <laughs> uh, or your Comcast cable. I mean, imagine when you have problems with that and you call them up and you're like, I'm paying you so much money a month. Um, right. Look, th- this is the, the real value. Um, the real value is you, um, the person who's putting this together. And um, if if they want to engage with you, on these consulting questions and say, hey, what do you think, do you think this is the best route for me to go, You know, do you think my buyers will want this, or what do you think really works uh, with search, they're mm-hmm. asking those kinds of questions, you have to up your price or you have to get some kind of uh, retainer contract or contract in place for support, because that's how you're ultimately going to grow and get a little bit more money. Right. I mean,
1: people that ask me that, like, why are you worth that, that much? Well, it's because other companies you know, spent a half a million dollars on me over the course of a couple of years uh, finding the mistakes that I'm going to make sure you don't make on day one. Mm. Yep. So that's worth yep. something. That's yep. a, that, you know th- they learned something through the process that I picked up that that is going to ultimately help you. So yep. you know also understand uh, you know they don't put a Rolls Royce on sale. You never see a a Christmas ad for special financing from Bugatti. <laughs>
0: right?
1: So don't (laughs) sell yourself short.
0: Yeah, no, you don't. You absolutely don't. Um, Looking back five, ten years, is is there something you would do different in your business had you known it uh, five, ten years ago?
1: Yeah, I think I would have done a little more collaboration on uh, sites like Elance and things where the delivery was the payment was post-project uh, delivery rather than pre, and I know that I say I do that model, but it's different when I'm working with somebody. But um, I've had some partners that really, really kind of burned me throughout the way, um, and I think that I maybe my enthusiasm got the better of me, of me rather than vetting them as
0: far as their capability of getting the project done. Hmm that's a great that's a great thing, because that happens to me all the time. <laughs> I get devastating. Uh, it was devastating to me
1: and my family. I mean literally it took uh almost half my life savings away,
0: you know? yeah, by wasting it on people who are not vested fully with your mission
1: and then I found out later on that uh basically the the entire project, the whole thing that I wanted this person to get and get done. I mean, I moved them from Texas to California. You know, that's how into this project I was. Uh, and ultimately, I got the project done for 500 bucks with a uh, programmer in uh, Romania. Mm. So that was a lesson that I learned, which is be careful who you partner with, though don't cut yourself off from partnerships and collaborations. Uh, just make sure that, uh, you know, verbal agreements are, are never one to go on, no matter how long you've known somebody or... or you know what their experience level happens
0: to be. That, my friend, is going to be the pro segment, not that other stuff I was <laughs> talking about. <laughs> We're going to talk about this a little bit more in the pro segment, which only pro members can get. Mattreport.com/slash/join. Okay. Uh, if you're looking to save some money uh, and get it in for uh, for ten bucks down and a little bit more a month, uh, use Matt Report, excuse me, Matt Pro Ten at checkout. Mattreport.com/slash/join. And Marcus and I are going to continue. to, continue this discussion about hiring or partnering with the right people because I've got some things to say about that too. We're going to jump into the last few segments uh, of the show. Uh, This segment, what's in your toolbox, what app or piece of software do you use on a regular basis that you don't think many people know about but you want to tell the world about? Central desktop.
1: you ever use central desktop? I have not. It is a collaboration tool that uh, is Project management, collaboration, you can do online meetings. It's kind of like a built-in Google Docs element to it as well that more than one person can uh, do it. But I like the aspect of it that it has workspaces and it allows me to have work teams so I can have uh, one space where my client happens to go in and see all of the tasks as we check them off. Uh, and then I can have a private area within that workspace where just myself and maybe one other person that's working on the project can sort of get the pre-launch steps uh, or whatever it takes, you know, and from a technical aspect uh, checklist to get that down. And it has an app and it lets me know when other people are done with things and I can even assign things to the clients as far as uh, things that I need uh, from a creative perspective, whether that be images or videos or just uh, talking points or copy. And it really helps out. It gives out reports. Uh, every task area has its own email address. So if I have a reporting system, I can actually uh, get an email address for the task of you know, the monthly report, mm. have the reporting system email that particular task, and then the client gets that as well. And then it archives it on the back end. It's about a hundred bucks a month for regular. I think five workspace access, and then unlimited is three hundred and fifty, which is what I use. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's it- every every month. So you got to be able to sustain that with your with your clients. But it's an invaluable tool once you get going.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, there's so many who do things with these co- uh, collaborative um, uh, project management tools. Like we mm-hmm. went from Basecamp to Trello, and we're really liking that. But we never use give access to Trello to a client because they would just not know what to do with it Right. <laughs> uh, right. but, it, but I, I tell you I mean in, a, in another life I'm, I'm just going to study the science of like yeah. to do lists and workflows and create my own CRM it seems, or uh, excuse me project management tool because it seems like there's an infinite amount and they just keep coming because everyone's always shifting the way they do things and you well, always find something
1: yeah I use it like it's nice for me because when I bring in a new client let's just say if it's a marketing you know an online marketing client SEO client however you want to refer it um, I have specific specific steps uh, from day zero to you know six months down the road as far as every task that needs to be done in between from an analytical standpoint to what needs to be scanned and changed so I have that saved as a template so when I bring a new client on I say okay this task set needs to be it this is the starting date and it figures out every due date in between and assignments too so I can assign who the particular project person is in there as well and so when those things get ticked off as far as being done then the client gets an email report at the end of the week as far as what his activity is it's completely transparent
0: yeah that's awesome yeah I gotta check it out <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Going to hop into the lightning round and ask you a series of quick questions, and you'll have a series of quick answers. Okay. What's the one plugin you cannot live without? All in one SEO. A favorite WordPress or business book?
1: Hmm. Blue Ocean Strategy.
0: A quote that you live or run your business by. Google doesn't buy anything, people do. <laughs> uh, what's the best business or career advice you ever received? Get payment up front. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's the model we're all going to switch to after this, after this <laughs> conversation. Uh, what's the longest the client project has ever taken? Four years. If you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Notepad. <laughs> Copy, paste into HTML files. Uh, who should I interview next? <sighs> Boy. You've had
1: so many people on. It's so uh, there's difficult. Gotta
0: be, there's got to be more WordPress people out there. Hmm. I'm gonna get Andrew it, Nason on the show. You got the Bacon guy already, right? You got, yep. You got him. That wannabe podcaster. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, did you have you ever talked to Suzette Frank?
0: Um, no, in person I have, <laughs> but not in uh, not on the show. She's uh, she's one of the best WordPress evangelists I know. Nice. I'll try to get her on the show. I I, I know that should be pretty easy. Mm. Um, all right, that's a, I mean, awesome, awesome uh, interview. Um, tons of stuff that we that we covered. I know we moved kind of fast for those listening, but there was there's so much stuff I wanted to get in talking about the dynamics uh, of of uh, Marcus's vertical that he's in. Um, with, of course, um, paying tribute to podcasting and all the time that you've uh, spent doing that. So I, I bow to you, sir, on the podcasting. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a member of the community. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? You can find me on my website,
1: marcuscouch.com, or just find me on Twitter, it's at MarcusCouch.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Everybody, uh, for those that are sticking around the live show, we're going to hop into the pro segment for those of you needing the pro segment at join. And we are going to talk about hiring and or partnering with the right people uh, right mm-hmm. after these messages.